Hello and welcome to another episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, we will discuss what every retailer needs to know about digital transformation. And we have two great retail technology experts who are going to discuss that with us today. Back again are Jeff Patterson, a 20-year veteran of Red Iron Technologies, where he serves as their chief technology officer. Good to see you again, Jeff. Good to see you, Jim. Also back with us is Barry Egeter, Red Iron's Chief Operating Officer, the COO. He's been part of the Red Iron team for nearly six years and has worked in the retail technology industry for many years beyond that. Hello again, Barry. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. Well, to our viewers, if you're not familiar with Red Iron, they're a multi-vendor systems integrator that helps retailers implement, extend, or maintain any major retail software system. Red Iron is forging retail innovation and solving retailer pain points through technology. For more, more information on the company, visit RedIronTech.com. All right, so our subject today is what every retailer needs to know about digital transportation. And so, Jeff, why don't you start us off what are most retailers transforming from? Let's start there. Yeah, I think this might um, help people a little bit in that I think there's a lot of uh, fear of missing out going on. People sort of look around and think that everyone else has got this figured out. Um, that's not been my experience. Um, now, primarily I'm speaking of tier uh, two and three retail, little one and four, but that's sort of our bread and butter at Red Iron. And it is not the case that we have seen a tremendous number of companies digitally transform themselves into something that is, you know, um, that that would be all you'd want from a digital transformation. So the good news is, you know, you might not be far along, but you're not far behind either. And so there's, you know, there, there's time to make uh, good decisions. Um, I think when you're looking at digital transformation, you know, a lot of people are starting with systems that are brittle, um, inflexible, um, data is isolated, even, you know, there, there's a long way to go on data integration. And so even if you've made strides from there, there's, 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 if you look at what a digitally transformed retailer would look like, um, there's a, there's a large gap. So, you know, the good news is that there is a lot of uh, opportunity for you to start doing your transformation. The bad news is there is a long way to go. Yeah, so if you're still near the starting line, don't feel bad like there's all sorts of people who are beyond the finish line, right? Having right. A, a cookie break or a water break at right. that point. It's, it's Anyone a you think is work. doing it well, probably that's a lot of toothpicks and glue. Like it's it's not. <laughs> Got it. Just, just to clarify, uh, figuratively, toothpicks and glue, maybe not literally. That's right, uh, not literally. And glue. Right. Though that would, be, that would be a fun solution for sure. Right, uh, I, should, I should make a tool called that. <laughs> they should, yes. We'd, we'd launch our own company, a little right. spinoff of, of Red Iron. Uh, right. Barry, what's your take on what retailers are transforming from? What uh, what are some of the disconnected systems, some of the isolated data that Jeff was talking about that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think the evolution of how things uh, evolve uh, in retail, it's all disparate systems, right? So lots of things that just sort of get tacked on to the environment over time to serve a purpose. So really, it's anything and everything from a digital perspective. I mean, there's there's loyalty systems and payments and and just third party systems that do reporting and analysis and and trying to get all that uh, unified and tied together is something that you know as an SI we we typically take on projects where you're going to transform a specific function uh, and and then we kind of leave it there. But then it, you know over the course of time there's there's a return to that. 
to tie it in in a better way or to rethink how that was done because they want to reuse the information or or rethink you know how the business is taking advantage of that functionality so you know it's a, it's an evolution you know everything changes over time technology moves forward and then people find new ways to leverage that uh, so quite often our projects that we take on are very focused on a particular goal and sooner or later there's a follow-up right so the transformation is ongoing, and that's kind of what Jeff's alluding to there. It's, it's, it's not like you have a clear starting point and a clear end point. It's just something that will constantly change, and and really, it's it's to to meet the business needs, right? So some of it's reevaluating what you already have in hand. Some of it's evaluating what maybe a competitor has or is doing. So the transformation is really you know keyed around a lot of that, and then you know tying it all together and making sure everything is harmonious and, and functioning as expected is. As part of the retooling and the you know gaining efficiencies over time. Got it. One of my first jobs was working at the local zoo uh, in customer service, and one of them was running the merry-go-round. And the merry-go-round was stopped, right? And then people would get on. You would start it, it'd spin around, and then it would stop, and everybody could get off. But the digital transformation is more like you're jumping from one moving merry-go-round to the other, right? And it never ever stops. Right. You've got to keep well, going. Well, merry-go-round slows down enough that you can hop on while still rotating. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You just got to be good at jumping in order to uh, to yeah. make sure you stick yeah. the landing with it. So, right. okay, so digital transformation. So this is going to be a huge topic, I think, as folks can tell from those first uh, couple answers we had there. And it can apply, apply to a variety of areas in the retail world and just business in general. But let's break it down into three specific areas. So number one would be internal processes. Number two would be like e-commerce and omni-channel enablement. And then number three would be analytics. So Jeff, why don't you take us first? Can you talk about how transforming to digital tools can save a retailer time, labor, and a ton of money related to that point number one, internal processes. Uh, sure, I'd, I'd say that um, saving money would be an ancillary benefit. Um, I, I'd say agility would be the primary benefit of a digital transformation. I mean, you never know, just to choose a crazy example, when there would be like a civilization-wide lockdown and re reaction to a pandemic, and that changes your interaction model, right? And so the people who have um, agile and, um, and, and have a digital transformation that is that that allows them to sort of change their customer interaction model quickly are way ahead of people who sort of have sort of more of what I would call a, you know a brittle and and uh, hierarchical uh, data model that that they need to maintain. So I mean I think I think you can save money. I mean when you rationalize your business, there's there's going to be some savings there. But I think what you're primarily interested in is is improving your business's ability to uh, collect and act on information and maybe how that gets dispersed throughout your organization. So it's not so much about um, the efficiency of existing processes where you would sort of connote um, money savings. It's more about, I mean, the word transformation is in it. And so what you're really looking to do is transform your business in a way that, you know, now there's all this tools and tech that are available to you that had they been available when you started your business, there'd be different decisions that you made. You know, your business is a reflection of the data pathways that were around and that sort of evolved out of your traditional uh, means of doing business. And it's easy to get comfortable with those and sort of just see the world through those existing structures. And so what you're looking to do is re-examine those, um, take a full inventory of the data that you have. So when I think about when I think about data inside an organization, you know, there's timeliness, 
um, accuracy, ubiquity. Um, you, you worry about data leakage. As data transfers through the organization, does a lot of expertise and, and data get lost um, uh, as it moves around the uh, organization? And the goal would be post-transformation. The goal would be that you'd have data available you know, at the right level of detail to the right level of decision maker, and that the data could be relied upon, um, has a timeliness that um, preserves your ability to make decisions that are that are appropriate to the to the data origin. So I think that there's a lot in um, transformation when when we talk about internal processes. I'm, I'm I'm defining internal meaning just everything that doesn't touch the customer. So all the way from the supply chain down to operations and to um, you know getting inventory visibility throughout your organization. So I think there's a lot to touch on there, and I wouldn't. I would say that defining the goal of digital transformation as money saving is probably missing the bigger opportunity, which is sort of just making sure you're always challenging your existing structures and making sure that they're ready to take advantage of the data data that you can make available. Because if you're not, I mean, all you're really doing is you know you're putting a jet engine on a Cessna, which you know that, that's not a great idea. <laughs> no, not, not not for anybody. That's for sure. So right. it sounds like what you're saying is some people might, when they hear about internal or operational efficiency, think about saving that money. And they say, hey, if you eliminate a manual process, it's going to save time. I won't have to enter something twice. What you're also saying is if you don't enter it twice, you also are making sure that it's accurate right? by having one number that just carries all throughout the organization and then allows you to make judgments and decisions better. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I think that's right. And 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 maybe we don't maybe entering it at all doesn't make any sense. Maybe that data is already available somewhere that, you know, it can it can be derived from existing operations. Maybe, you know, just sort of, you know, that one of the one of the things challenges is not to think too um, narrowly on these. Now, in terms of implementing it, you have to take a tactical approach and there's incrementalism, but in terms of where my goal is, I think you should be more circumspect of your existing structures and and sort of think through you know, what data is moving through my organization? Does it even make sense to be moving? Like, do I need this data? I've historically needed it, but maybe I don't. And there's data that I'm losing. Maybe there's data that's available to me that I'm not not making available to my decision makers, that sort of thing. So. Great, thank you. Uh, Barry, if we can take it to the next step that we wanted to talk about, the next area. So digital technologies, as we mentioned, can enable a retailer and their customers to take advantage of e-commerce and omnichannel. Can you talk through why that's important in today's world and then also in tomorrow's world post-COVID, right? Everybody learned when there were no options to go into a store that obviously omnichannel uh, was important. But talk about it uh, in the long run. Uh, why is that aspect of digital transformation important to retailers sure. and their customers? I mean, uh, I'd key off of the, the one word you said, options, right? It's for, for all of us as consumers, e-com and, and omnichannel is, is about our options as a consumer. Where do we get the products and, and how do we get them? And, and being able to tie those technologies in and have a single view of product is, is really important for making all of that work, right? So, so when it comes to e-com, you know, if you have an e-com system off on its own and you have a brick and mortar with point of sale systems that are not talking to each other and sharing information, it's really hard to put, you know, options in front of the consumer as to how they can get their products because you go through one channel versus another. As soon as you can marry all that together, you know, the ones that do it well get customers that are, are coming in through various channels and it gives them options within the same 
uh, retail environment, right? So it's not really seen as two separate systems or platforms. And if they're sharing information, you know, in an omnichannel view, it's so much better to be able to make decisions. You know, when I when I go buy something, I'm thinking, where am I going to get it from? Can I go and see it first? Do I need to touch it and look at it and try it out? Or is it something that I've seen before? I just want something and I know I'm just trying to, you know, find out where I'm going to source it from. And when it comes to sourcing it, you know, as a consumer, I'm weighing price and time for delivery or what's my pickup options. So, you know, putting, you know, e-com, especially with, like you say, COVID and uh, the pandemic and, and kind of rethinking, you know, a lot of those options. There's a lot of new options that have surfaced and some creative ones along the way as well as far as how you can go and pick up your product. And uh, some of those those avenues were just closed by nature of the pandemic. You could not choose one option or another. You you only had limited uh, availability. So, you know, having having that um, that learning in front of us from the pandemic perspective has forced a lot of retailers to rethink how those systems communicate, how they coexist, and how they share information. And omnichannel is the key to all that because. Uh, you know, if I want to buy something, I, I need to know there's five here, six there. Where, how far do I have to drive? And uh, in the future, the long term, that's expected from a consumer perspective. It's not something that's really a, you know, it, it, I might be able to do it this way or not. It's it's assumed that when I go shopping for something, I have those options available to me and I can make my choice. Right before the frictionless experience for the consumer was great. Like, wow, it was so easy. Now, like you said, that's expected, right? They're not going to say, oh, well, you're not Amazon, so we're going to cut you a break. They're expecting you to catch up and, uh, you know, keep up with the neighbors and keep up with some of those uh, right. larger organizations. Am I, am I stating that accurately? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the other thing I find interesting with the pandemic is the, uh, the refocus on buy local. You know, there's a, a lot of support for local businesses because of the, the challenges they face with closures and such. So, you know, for for retailers at a different scale, it's now important to have options available, whether it's a curbside pickup or uh, multiple locations you can go to to get something. So, you know, tying all this data together in a digital world is really key to making that work. Um, so it's I think there's going to be an evolution for the smaller end of the scale to take advantage of this in some way, wherever they can. Um, and, and that's gonna be you know something we'll see going forward. Great, and so the third area that we wanna cover ties everything together, analytics, and I'm hoping both of you uh, can weigh in on it. And so the analogy that I hear most frequently related to analytics is it's like flying a plane. And I think Jeff, you brought up that earlier about an engine, you know, mm -hmm. ro rocket engine on a Cessna or, or a jet engine on a Cessna. And so, but this is from a plane standpoint where if you only rely on what you're seeing through your windshield with your own eyes, you don't know what happened in the past. You don't know what is happening in the more distant future. And God help you if you fly through a cloud, right? You just have no idea what's going on. So you need those accurate instruments and data to make sure you're heading in the right direction and avoiding a disaster. So Barry, can you start us off and then Jeff, uh, follow up afterwards. Talk about uh, analytics, the importance of that from a digital transformation standpoint. Sure, I mean, you know, like we've talked about with Omnichannel, uh, data is king, right? So having all the metrics and all the information at your disposal is really how you can, you know, make efficiencies and, and, and compete. So it's one thing to tie in all these disparate systems and make them talk to each other, but then mining those systems for information and putting it together in a meaningful way, uh, you know, 
in many ways, analytics is, is important for a feedback loop uh, to be able to experiment. You know, I've, I've run businesses before myself where I want to change how something's working and I don't know what effect it's really going to have, so I need to be able to measure that. So having everything in a digital analytic form, uh, reporting in and, and being able to either generate new queries or dashboards or, or views of that data uh, really helps you know, realize the impact of any of the, the internal or external process changes. Uh, you know, if you change a price or offer a new product or have a pop-up sale somewhere, what happens when you do that? And the sooner you can get feedback on that and a view of what's happening, the sooner you can retool and rethink, you know, the next step. So it's it's really important. And, and like I said before, every project we do historically, you're focused on one part of that puzzle. But all those systems, all those individual systems have a lot of data points coming out of them that need to be analyzed and, and acted upon and not in a passive way. It's, it shouldn't just be something that just happens. It's something that people proactively should be looking at and coming up with new and better ways to, to make it work. Yeah, to innovate, people typically don't get it 100% correct the first time. So you need to test and measure and iterate, test and measure and iterate. Well, if that measuring mechanism isn't particularly strong or it takes too long to get the information, it really slows down uh, that innovation process. So yeah, analytics aren't just like, wow, that's interesting data. It's got to help you really steer uh, where you're going. Jeff, uh, what's your take on analytics? What would you add uh, to this uh, part of the conversation? Yeah, I'd say if we go back again to the uh, airplane metaphor, you're talking about, you know, you need the instrumentation to know, you know, that you're going to avoid disaster and to sort of let you see when the, when the skies are murky. But I'd say, you know, I'll, I'll return to the idea that, you know, you need a flight plan first, right? So if I'm if I'm very accurately detecting where I am and what the conditions around me are, but I don't know where I'm going, then that's not helpful. So I make sure that your analytics are tuned to where your strategic business direction is and not necessarily just sort of getting you hyper accurate information about where you are right now, because that's not necessarily where you want to go and could just, you know, it, it could, could fly off course in terms of, you know, your larger strategic direction if you're, if you get really good at understanding where you are right now. Got it. Very good. And I guess I should say, you know, folks are going to be listening to this podcast and say the uh, retail roundtable, is that the one hosted by those three pilots, right? Yeah. We're talking yeah. so much about, uh, about airplanes, yeah. right? Don't they, right? I think that we all have our Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's a, it's a great analogy. Well, Jeff, thank you for that. And so, Jeff, let's stick with you. And I want to get both feet away on this as well. So, you know, we talked about these three areas, but what are the most common or the most painful mistakes that you both have seen retailers make, you know, up close and personal related to digital transformation? And is the biggest mistake maybe just standing still and not moving forward? Like we said, just sticking at that starting line instead of moving down the path. So again, Jeff first, and then uh, Barry, talk about the common mistakes. Um, I, w I wouldn't say standing still is the biggest mistake simply because if you stand still, you don't have to explain to the board where all the promised benefits from your digital transformation that just went down the drain are. Sure. So, so, you know, you, you can make, there, there are mistakes to be made. I wouldn't say, you know, just rush off and, and put some analytical dashboards in place. I mean, really, again, uh, my, my, my sense from my experience with people trying to implement some digital transformation is that, you know, deliberation is critical and it's not just a technical endeavor. So techn technology is part of it for sure. You know, you need the right te 
the right tech and the right tools, and you need to understand your business very well. But it's it, it's it's a it's a cultural change to your organization. So you know you got to make sure that everyone understands their role as you go forward. That people aren't sort of um, going to be protecting their turf if they see this as invasive to them. Um, you don't want to necessarily. Uh, um, I mean, before you create a dashboard, you should make sure that your data is timely and accurate. Um, because again, you know, if I'm getting information really quickly, but the information is at that point outdated or inaccurate, then you know you're not making good decisions. So it's sort of going back and just sort of looking, um, just go back to the bare walls and say, what data do I have? You know, what avenues of communication do I need? That sort of thing. Um, from that, I mean, obviously, you don't want to. Once you have a direction, um, you know, there's no profit in standing still. You can make incremental progress. You don't have to. You don't have to go and um, you know and try and bite this all off at once. Make sure that you know you're improving your data quality at all times. That's that that's something that can be done without a data transformation issue. Just do hygiene on your data. Uh, make sure that you're understanding where decisions are made in your organization and that the data is there to support them. Oftentimes, you know, decision making migrates over time, but the data isn't there to uh, isn't going to the right spot. So um, I'd say that you know your biggest mistake is probably misunderstanding your goals for the data transformation. Got it. Thank you for that. So that's what I'm looking at the list. You said misunderstanding your goals is a big one. You also said you got to make sure you have the right technology and tools. Don't ignore your culture. You've got to pay attention to that. Uh, inaccurate data is another mistake that folks make or trying to bite off uh, the entire project at one time and not doing it uh, incrementally. Barry, what would you add to that for the mistakes uh, that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably along the lines of what I mentioned earlier with the uh, project specific focus. You know, it's it's something that we always try to employ in any solution we provide is a strategic focus, uh, you know, looking at a broader, broader picture. So, I mean, there's always an urgency to make a change and obtain more business and, and do, do things better. And a lot of projects get, you know, honed in on what that is and how they're going to solve this individual piece. But it's always important to look at the bigger picture and where is that going to be so that, you know, like I said, the, the common uh, thread seems to be a revisit of some of the earlier projects to elaborate on it. Uh, if you have a good strategy, good strategic vision as to what you're doing, you can factor some of those changes in earlier into a design or a solution. And you know, digital transformation, like I said, is never going to end. It's there's no there's no point in time where you can say we're done. So the best thing you can do is always look forward and try to figure out where you need to be and where you want to be along the lines of what Jeff said, and factor that in for sure. Got it. Great. Thank you for that, gentlemen. So last question, because you've provided a lot of good information. We also want to make sure in each episode of this series, we deliver actionable information to our listeners and our viewers, right? Specific steps that they can take. So Barry, starting with you, what would be the first steps or next steps that you recommend to retailers related to digital transformation? Yeah, I think, you know, looking looking at processes internally and identifying the areas of change that are, are desired, it's one of the first things to look at, you know, what's the requirements? What is it that I want to, you know, potentially alter and, and, and improve upon, whether it's a process or a product or, or, or a platform, right? Um, just identifying, you know, what the needs are and, you know, like I say, that strategy, de determining the strategy and looking at what you've got. 
to help you understand maybe how you can leverage what you already have in a better way. Uh, maybe there's some options you're not aware of with, with some of the products and services that you're, you're working with. Uh, so in the same line, talking to your vendors and your, your system integrators and your partners to understand what your possibilities are. You know, maybe there's an add-on or uh, some features that you can take advantage of that would be really beneficial from a digital transformation perspective. You know, quite often, you know, I go out and license software and I, I'm looking for a very specific thing, but later on I discover it can do more than that. So there's a lot of that in the retail space. There's so many products and, and tools and, and like I say, the interconnectivity. Uh, there's a lot of options on how you can make things change and evolve to fit your needs. So talking to your, your partners and your, your SIs really will help you align with what you could do with what you have and maybe what the uh, possibilities are for adding more into the mix and taking advantage of newer tech. Great. And before I turn to Jeff, I just want to say a loud amen to what you said, Barry. So most of my experience is in that partner world, working with the vendors, the solutions integrators, the value-added resellers, the software developers. And too often, retailers will say, well, I might work with them or I have worked with them in the past, but I'm going to try to figure this out on my own or internally or Googling or I heard somebody say this or I stumbled across something. You've really got to lean on those vendors and those uh, systems integrators to be a trusted advisor for you, right? Like they can tell you what's the latest and greatest because that's their their full-time job. I mean, you're obviously going to have to be on guard because some people might just go in and they're just trying to sell you, you know, square peg round hole kind of thing. But it's just, you've got to make sure that you rely on those experts because that is their full-time job and make sure you you talk through with them and ask, ask a lot of questions. So um, just want to say very loud, Amen to that. I'd shout amen, but people are listening and I don't want to, you know, anybody with with headphones on. So, uh, Jeff, what would you add? What actionable information would you recommend? Yeah, so maybe maybe oddly from a tech company, but um, I, I would say just just again, um, yeah, the, the digital transformation isn't isn't first about tech. So, of course, it's going to be an important piece of it. And and I, I like the I like that thought that you know you've probably got a lot more than you know already in your tool bag, in terms of making a digital transformation. I'd say you know you want to do, you want to imagine what your business would look like if you had all the information at the right spots and 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 build incrementally towards that. You know it's it's sort of a pathway evolution, so you can't know where you're going until you get a little ways down the road. So don't don't try and figure it all at once. You know take an inventory of your data figure out what your strategic direction is, but then sort of, yeah, just look at your inventory of data and tools and see how you can make just a little bit of progress each day. Great, I guess what you're saying is like, I've heard folks say, I wanna make a transformation, here's steps one through 125, and they right. map all those out, but you're saying, go as far as you can see, maybe a little bit beyond that, and then start going right. down the path and make adjustments along the way. Yeah, absolutely, right. Great. Well, that does it for this episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the Red Iron YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. All you need to do is go to YouTube and search Red Iron Retail to find us. If you're on YouTube right now, just go down like over here or maybe it's over here. You'll see a button there that says subscribe. Just click on that. You'll be able to be on the loop, in the loop on all future videos that we produce. Before we go, big thanks again to Jeff and Barry for sharing their wisdom with us today. Thanks also to Red Iron Marketing Director Jeff Williamson for his production work. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. For more information and retail technology best practices, please visit the Red Iron website at redirontech.com. 
thanks again for listening and goodbye everybody